Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, from haunted hotels to Irish pubs with ghostly patrons in a university with a dark past in poltergeist activity, Charlotte, North Carolina, has more than enough stops for a ghost tour and then some. Join us as we explore the haunted history of the Queen City and take a short train ride to dive into one of the most fatal train wrecks in the state to see why engine number nine seems to haunt the Boston Bridge. This is episode number 59 of Hometown Ghost Stories, The Haunting of Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. Jack and Ruth were traveling down the long road near Third Creek. It was late, and Ruth wanted to stop for the night at a hotel. But Jack was adamant about driving through the night to make up for lost time, as he put it. Ruth didn't see what the big deal was, but there was no changing his mind, so she didn't bother wasting the energy arguing. Instead, she just leaned her head back against the headrest and closed her eyes, letting the low hum of the motor lull her to sleep. She had just started to doze off when she was abruptly woken by Jack swearing loudly. Annoyed, she asked him what the problem was. I don't know what the problem is. It just stopped running. Ruth looked around and noticed that the car had rolled to a stop by the Boston Bridge and she could see smoke seeping out of the sides of the hood. We should have stopped like I said, she said out loud, instantly regretting it. Jack didn't say anything, just got out of the vehicle and slammed the door. He popped open the hood and began fiddling around with the motor. Ruth rolled her eyes, knowing that Jack's background in sales wasn't going to help him diagnose the issue with the car's engine. After about 20 seconds, Jack slammed the hood in frustration, confirming her doubts. He opened the door and shifted the car into neutral. Help me push this off the tracks. Tracks? Ruth began to say, but Jack slammed the door again before she could get the word out of her mouth. She exited the car and noted that it had rolled to a stop right on the train tracks a few yards from a tall train bridge. Together, they tried to push the car, but the tires would just bump into the metal rail and roll back. Despite their efforts, the car wouldn't roll past the tracks. Jack looked down the road in the direction they had come from. There was a gas station about a half mile back. I'll go get help. Wait here, he told his wife. What if a train comes, she pleaded. The train only comes every couple hours at this time of night. If you see one, stay clear. But I won't be gone more than 30 minutes, he said as he hurried off down the road. Ruth wasn't crazy enough to wait in the car, so she stayed by the trees, a few dozen feet from the junction where the road met the tracks. It'll be just my luck that a train will smash our car to pieces, she said out loud to a symphony of crickets that were serenading her from the tall grass by the tree line. It was close to 3 a.m. when the chirping of the crickets was drowned out by the sound of a train whistle. Ruth froze as she realized what that sound meant. She whipped her head around to look in the direction of the whistle and sure enough, saw a single bright light in the distance accompanied by the plume of steam blowing into the night sky. 
She looked back and forth between the car and the source of its impending doom, and then back down the road for Jack, knowing there was no way he'd be on his way back that fast. The train must have been traveling at an intense speed because it was closing distance fast. She couldn't believe how loud it was. She had never seen one this close before. She closed her eyes as it approached the car without slowing its speed. She heard the indescribable smash of metal against metal, followed by the grinding of steel against iron. She heard the thunderous cracks of trees snapping in half as the train cars buckled and slammed into the forest before tumbling off the edge of the bridge. She heard the screams of its passengers as the derailed train plummeted to the ground at the bottom of the bridge. She kept her eyes closed the whole time. After what seemed like an eternity, the screams stopped and the night was once again silent. She could hear the crickets again. Slowly, she opened her eyes to take a look at the carnage. But to her utter confusion, she saw none. All the trees stood tall against the starry backdrop of the night. There was no smoldering wreckage like she had imagined. Just her car sitting untouched on the tracks exactly where she had left it. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is episode 59 of Hometown Ghost Stories. On August 27, 1891, at about 2.30 a.m., the Richmond and Danville Railroad Engine No. 9 pulled out of Statesville Station. The train was running 34 minutes late, and it left the station in a hurry. Less than five minutes after leaving Statesville, the train would go airborne and plunge off the Boston Bridge, plummeting into the creek below. The battered survivors walked back to Statesville Station to report the accident. Historians claim that vagrants may have removed some of the spikes that held the rails together, causing the crash. A $10,000 reward was posted for information that would lead to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible who had removed the rail near Boston Bridge. It was later revealed that the railway was in financial trouble, and some speculated that the crash was intentional to collect insurance money. The most likely cause of the accident was the fact that the train was speeding to make up for lost time. According to survivors, the train was literally airborne when it derailed. The sleeping car hit the ground more than 150 feet from where it left the bridge. 23 people were killed in the wreck, making it one of the worst railroad disasters in North Carolina history. But this wouldn't be the last time that locals claim train number 9 came crashing down from the Boston Bridge. In 1950, a couple was driving near Third Creek when they ran into car trouble. The woman stayed with the vehicle when her husband took off on foot to look for help. Around 3 a.m., she heard a train whistle. She then saw the lights and the smoke from the train. What she heard next was what terrified her, the unmistakable sound of crashing and passengers screaming and wailing as they plummeted off the Boston Bridge. The strange thing is, there was no train that went by in 1950. According to Tina McSwain of the Charlotte Area Paranormal Society, when her team went to investigate the Boston Bridge more than 100 years after the fatal crash, around 3.30 a.m., they felt a rush of wind coming down the tracks. This gust of wind was strong enough to blow out two candles that they had placed on the rails. Was this just a random gust of wind, or was it the ghost train of Boston Bridge? 
the Mayfair Manor. The Mayfair Hotel, also referred to as the Mayfair Manor, now called the Dunhill Hotel, is located at the corners of North Tryon and 6th Streets. The hotel was built by two local physicians, Dr. James Pleasant Matheson and Dr. C.N. Peeler, designed by Lewis Asbury in classical revival style. The Mayfair Manor officially opened on November 15, 1929, with single rooms going for $2.25 and double rooms costing $3.75 a night. The 10-story manor had 100 rooms, hosting both transient and permanent guests. The Charlotte Observer ranked it among Charlotte's largest and finest buildings, calling it an impressive addition to Charlotte's already imposing skyline. The once glamorous hotel lost its luster and fell into a state of disrepair in the 60s and 70s before closing in 1981. The building would sit vacant for several years, until it was purchased by Doug Patterson and Brad Holcomb, who would start a $6 million renovation, reopening as the Dunhill Hotel in 1988. The renovated hotel would struggle and file for bankruptcy. Eventually, Gene Singleton and Doyle Parrish would purchase the hotel from the bank for $2.1 million and invest an additional $2 million in yet another renovation. It is now listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Although the Dunhill Hotel has changed hands so many times over the years, the various owners always managed to retain a sense of the old world style. There are many rumors of ghosts that haunt the Dunhill, but the most famous spirit is the ghost of Dusty. Believed to be more of a friendly and mischievous ghost, he is known to play pranks on the hotel staff. One employee claimed that while in the office alone, the chair next to her began spinning around. Then it came to an abrupt stop facing her. She ran from the office as fast as she could. One night, a guest came to the front desk and demanded to know if his room was haunted. The clerk at the front desk laughed a bit and said that lots of people believe so. But the guest wasn't very amused, and he said that that would explain why the blinds on his window keep opening and closing. He said, quote, Now please, have someone head up to my room and retrieve my luggage because I'm not going back on that floor. Dusty is not a shy ghost and likes to make his presence known. He frequently haunts the kitchen, tossing pots and pans to the floor and flickering the lights. The staff have become so familiar with these hauntings that most just brush it off as Dusty just messing around. The Rira Irish Pub and Whiskey Room in Charlotte is known for its whiskey, good food, and cold beer. It's also one of the stops on the city's ghost tours because of its haunted history. Operating out of the second oldest building in downtown Charlotte, the pub is believed to be haunted by several ghosts from different generations. The ghost of a blue-eyed girl in a Victorian dress has been seen, as well as an old man with a cane accompanied by his ghost dog. There has also been sightings of the full-bodied apparition of a man in 1920s attire, complete with white gloves and a pillbox cap. Multiple paranormal investigations have taken place at the Vera Irish pub over the years, and every team seems to have a very active experience. Harmony Gauntz, the manager of the Rira, believes that at least six different ghosts haunt the pub. One morning, around 8 a.m., when she got to work, she did a full walkthrough of the building, and everything seemed normal. She turned on the lights and made her way down to the office. About an hour later, she noticed a liquid seeping from the ceiling. As she rushed upstairs, she noticed that one of the taps had been turned on and that beer was flowing out onto the floor. As they turned the tap off and began cleaning up, they checked to see how much product they had lost. 
but it wasn't adding up. The keg was still full, contrary to what they saw seeping through the floor. She explained the experience as something supernatural, and they blamed the ghost for once again messing around in the bar area. In 2009, the building caught fire, and they had to virtually remodel the entire pub. What was revealed behind a wall appeared to be the writing of a child. They tried to scrub away the letters, even paint over them, but no matter what they tried to do, the letters would not go away. So they decided to leave the writing on the wall in the front lobby. They believed that these letters were drawn by the young, blue-eyed female spirit that now haunts the pub. Bartenders have had full conversations with who they think are customers, only to look up and realize that they are talking to an empty bar. Every time a new paranormal team visits the pub to investigate, new energies and new spirits are discovered. The strangest ghostly encounter was from the previous manager. She closed up around midnight on a Sunday, and after a walkthrough, she set the alarm and locked up. The next morning, sitting in the middle of the floor, was a red brick from outside. Her first thought was that someone had broken in, but it was clear that whoever left the brick was no longer there. She checked the security cameras and saw nobody, just a red brick that seemed to manifest out of nowhere. To this day, they keep the red brick in their office as a physical reminder of what these ghosts are capable of. While the spirits at Rira's whiskey room seem to be harmless, the entire staff and many customers believe that they are not alone while at the pub. Queen's University of Charlotte sits in the historic Myers Park neighborhood. The school was established in 1857 as the Charlotte Female Institute. In 1891, it would be changed to the Seminary for Girls, and in 1912, it would be moved to its current location and be renamed Queen's College. The school began admitting male students in 1948. In the 1980s, Queen's College began teaching master's classes, earning its university status, but it wouldn't officially change its name to Queen's University of Charlotte until 2002. Today, the university hosts around 2,500 students. Around the campus, students claim that there may be others who occupy the buildings from past lives. One student fell in love with another student, but her parents didn't approve. Legend has it, she committed suicide by slitting her wrists. Before she died, she wrote the name Julie in blood on the wall. Now students claim to find the name Julie written in blood on their walls, and sometimes even on the beds in their dorms. They also claim to hear the ghostly cries of a young woman other ghostly sightings around the campus include the spirit of a young male believed to have committed suicide on the grounds. His ghost has been seen walking the courtyard and sometimes even hanging from a noose. Poltergeist activity has been reported at the college, and phantom piano music has been heard from the basement of the Suzanne Little Recital Hall when the building is supposed to be completely vacant. There have also been claims of a child ghost that lurks in the basement of Belk Residence Hall. One night, a freshman girl was staying up late to study when she heard the sounds of a child playing. Thinking that she was just overtired, she attempted to go to sleep, but as soon as she laid her head down, her desk began to shake violently, and then suddenly a lamp was thrown across the room. She got up and attempted to run, but that's when she saw the ghost of a young girl that appeared in her closet. She jumped into her bed and began screaming. When students ran into the room to see what was wrong, the ghost of the young girl vanished. 
several other students have reported seeing the same ghost. They too have similar terrifying tales of poltergeist activity. In Queens Hall, students and faculty have reported seeing the ghost of Margaret Anna Burwell, the wife of the school's first president. She has been seen wearing a black dress. We also have the ghost of Clara. She haunts Morrison Hall. Morrison Hall is a two-story brick building, and its basement dates back to the 1920s. Formerly serving as a dormitory and student newspaper office, it is now the university's student life office. Legend has it, Clara fell in love with another man. She wrote her then-boyfriend a letter to break things off. The letter, however, was never received. And when her ex returned to Morrison Hall, he found her in the arms of her new lover. Clara was found dead, hanging from the banister in the back stairwell from her bedsheets. A floor-to-ceiling fence now blocks the banister that she jumped from back in the 1980s. Her former room is now said to be haunted, where electronics are said to malfunction, pictures fall from walls, and drawers open and close on their own. Nick De La Canal, a reporter for WFAE 90.7, visited Morrison Hall to get the full story from the administrator named Lee Davis. During his investigation, he picked up on an unusual audio interference when approaching the stairwell. He claimed that his audio equipment has never picked up interference like this. And when he returned to the campus the following day, the staff had an even stranger tale to tell him. According to a man named AJ, about 10 minutes after De La Canal left, something unusual happened. The staff began to hear sobbing coming from the stairwell. Normally, this area is completely quiet, so they searched the stairs, and the sobbing became louder. The crying was coming from above them. When they reached the top of the stairs, it became obvious that they were alone. And then the crying stopped. According to Kayla George, the Director of Residence Life and Housing at Queen's University, she claims that, quote, there is a presence here on the second floor of Morrison that has existed for a long time. She says that she has experienced a few things that are just sort of a little odd, including a framed diploma that would always shift in the frame. It became so frequent that they taped it and tried different methods of getting it to stay put, but it was always off. They claimed to hear the floorboards squeaking, and on one occasion, even heard a chair being dragged across the floor of an empty room. While many of these stories seem to be passed down from legend and word of mouth, many consider Queen's University to be the most haunted location in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories. Welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number 59. I am Jesse Wilkins. I am joined by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. Rob is muted. That's why we like him. And we're also joined by Dave. Hello, Dave. What's going on? That's actually the best Rob intro that I think I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah I disliked it the least, for sure. 
<laughs> all, all I said was that was train training on that track about the train tracks. It was actually, and also Jesse you spelled you spelled one of the Sarah's names wrong. So did I? Uh, uh, yep. So good job. All right. Well, glad uh, I pointed that out verbally. Thank you. Uh, welcome to everyone who's hanging out in live chat. I believe this is the largest live audience that we've had on an episode. So thank you guys so much for swinging in. I want to give a, shoot out, a huge shout out to Brennan and uh, congratulations to his daughter who is now in remission. That's big news. And congratulations uh, to you and your daughter. That is uh, awesome news. He says a long, that is good stuff. long road to go, but that is uh, obviously a massive update. So uh, if you guys want to, there is a link you can donate to the cause that will pop up uh, from good old Nightbot. You know, we hate on Nightbot, but sometimes Nightbot's got some good stuff to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so welcome to everyone who's hanging out. We had um, uh, also we had girls8.18.site. <laughs> I just noticed that those messages popped up again. I am blocking it again. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, shout out to everyone. Shout out to Irish Assassin who dropped a sub on Twitch and is also... Uh, hosting some stuff selchuk is over on youtube i've never seen you over here buddy welcome in uh he's usually on twitch but he's now on youtube so hello to you and your wife thank you shout out to dave who is unfortunately still alive no one no one's happy about that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) shout out to captain mcslugs who's here uh captain mcslugs who's here says look at rob with his work and ass computer rob came over and uh andrew came over and fixed rob's computer which uh, while i was dying on the floor he came over and fixed my computer. Andrew's Andrew's the MVP. Andrew is the uh, the uh, the official hometown ghost stories IP department. IT yes. department. <clears throat> yeah. IT department. Yeah. Our IP department is uh, the people who supply us with IPAs, big rare ones. Yeah. Um, that's usually Dave. That's usually Dave. The Stephanies are here. Catherine's here. Mallory is here. I believe this was Mallory. Was it her first time hanging out the whole? She said it was her first time in the live during the live yeah mallory i think you missed the pre-show meetup shoot me a message and we might help you out with that but just uh shoot us a message yeah uh for those of you who hung out in the pre-show that was a good time we do that uh every other week for patreon members so if you guys haven't already consider signing up on patreon you get some exclusive content early access and you get to hang out with us for the pre-show hangouts which is always a good time rob is in the rip department tonight says papa squatch (laughs) Yep. It's true. Uh, he'll be he'll be with the pickle talk. A whole lot of pickle talk going on. Yeah, in- I'm super happy that I'm really sick, and everyone's talking about pickleback shots after we've done like ten in a row. And now every time I think of them, low key, those pickleback, uh, the little shot of whiskey might make you feel a little bit better, or seven if the first. I'm one not an remember. alcoholic, Jesse. That's <laughs> not how this works. Oh, so you're not shaking at this point in the day? If- <laughs> <laughs> These are just withdrawals, Rob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, if you just need to stop the shaking, the, the liquor should help. Anyways, um, so we're talking about Charlotte, North Carolina today. A lot of haunted locations. I covered about half of the main ones, so there are a lot of them. There's a lot of history with this city. I've been to this city. I'm covering – I was covering it, and I'm like, you know, oh, this looks like it would be a fun city to to visit. And then I realized I did visit. So <laughs> we went out there for a show um, a few years back. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a nice city. The Bank of America Stadium is like right in the middle Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't realize, I mean, obviously I knew it was in Charlotte, but you know, we're walking around all of a sudden we're like, Oh, here's the football stadium. Just right in the middle of the city, really clean city, a lot of good food, a lot of good bars, a lot of good nightlife. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great place to, to visit. This was before I was, you know, doing this show. So I didn't know there were so many haunted places or I would have definitely swung over to the rear Irish pub. That sounds like a great time. And it looks like that's a place that definitely is open to allowing people to do paranormal investigations. We included some footage from, 
uh, some investigations that had happened over there. So maybe that's something that's on the list of things that we can do. Um, that would be a fun one. Yeah, I would be down to do that. I mean, I'm down to do any haunted pub crawl, but I think I've never been to Charlotte, but it's on, uh, you say chocolate. I said shocker. Oh, oh yeah. Shocker. Yeah. Well, why would I say chocolate? That's why I was confused. I was trying to get to the bottom of it. I'm just going to every five minutes say a random word. Like I'm one of those, those ghost apps that you get on your phone. Yeah, We'd be lying if we said our first few investigations didn't include some of those bullshit ghost apps. That's what drives me crazy. So I, I've joined like a bunch of these groups on Facebook just to see if there's like some content floating around. Uh, spoiler, there isn't <laughs> from these groups on Facebook. We're a bunch of like paranormal groups and, you know, ghost story groups and stuff. And it's usually just a bunch of just boomer postings and bad memes and, uh, absolute god-awful footage that people are like look at this ghost that i caught but so much of the footage on this is from like the ghost ls uh sls app or whatever which says right when you purchase it it's for entertainment purposes only and this thing just uh, you know most ls uh sls cameras they they just capture shapes of people you know so if you see like a coat hanger with a coat hanging from it the sls might pick up on the fact that that could be a human Obviously, there's more advanced versions of it, and I think some of the ones that you see on some of the bigger shows are much more legitimate. But this silly little app is not really finding ghosts in your house, and it just drives me crazy every time I see, like, oh, look what I caught. Explain this, folks. And it's just got this little you know, ghost figure that's literally just on, like, a doll. Then it jumps to another doll. Then it jumps to a, a, you know, a coat rack. And it's like, dude, that's its job is finding things that are shaped like people, and you're not finding actual evidence of ghosts. But mm-hmm. if those apps ever come and ask us to endorse them, we will change our tune. And they oh yeah, we'll, will. we'll delete this episode and we'll do the exact opposite <laughs> of what I did. So if you heard, if you heard what I said, we'll do the we'll do the complete opposite for sure. Yeah, yeah. But for now, they're bull, bullshit. Yeah. And like <laughs> you said, yeah. these people will like they're like, here's what the ghost said to me: orange tuba, Venezuela. <laughs> and you just they're like, what does it mean? It's like nothing. It means nothing because it, there's no No, it's it's 100% accurate. Anything. What you need to do is you need to buy an orange tuba and take it to Venezuela and see what happens. <laughs> Some spirit needs to go to rest and it will not rest. Or you could go to bring Venezuela an orange tuba to Venezuela. You go to Venezuela first and then buy an orange tuba for 90 billion Venezuelan dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's the going rate for orange tubas you also got to find a place that sells orange tubas i don't know how much uh how big the tuba market is down in venezuela but who would have thought this is what we'd be talking about <laughs> so we covered a few locations let's start with the ghost train because uh, let's start with your weird intro let's start quick. with your weird intro real quick i just want to let everyone know who's playing ghost bingo along with the uh from the discord app we can have little ghost bingo cards and you can all check off orange ghost tuba your, <laughs> yeah. orange venezuelan ghost tuba was yeah. definitely a spot on your bingo card so check that one off um i don't even okay. know where we're, we're, gonna are. Talk, we're not, not going to talk about my my weird intro okay <laughs> first of all it was a great ghost story i think it was one of the best I took a long time writing it all by myself without Dave's help. <laughs> and it, I thought it came out great. Um, but yeah, I didn't enter the city and here's why. Because that that accident at the Boston, I think it's the Bostian Bridge. Every, Sounds like fashion, every but... video that I've watched, they've pronounced it a completely different way. And thank God I didn't read it the way that Dave wrote it in the ghost story that he definitely didn't write for me. Because he wrote <laughs> Bostonian Bridge, which is definitely not what it is. But I believe auto uh, it will get auto-corrected to that. Anyways. I believe it's the Boston Bridge, but anyways, 
without further ado, it's not in Charlotte. So that's why I didn't say Charlotte, North Carolina, because immediately people would have been like, this isn't in Charlotte. It's like 30, 40 minutes outside of Charlotte, but it was a good ghost train story. And I wanted to include it because it's, I, train, I thought it was a really cool. Was story. the train coming from or going to Charlotte? I feel like the odds of that are pretty strong. You'd think so, but I, I actually don't think it was. I think it had nothing yeah. to do with Charlotte, but it's close enough. And the town that it was based in and the town that it was going to, I couldn't find a lot of haunted history in. So I was like, you know what? Might as well throw this in the Charlotte mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, and, I had a I had a train train crash in the Utah episode from Ogden, which didn't happen in Ogden, but it was coming from Union Station in Ogden. So I, I, it worked, but mm. Mm. Well, this, one didn't, this one didn't work, but I just did it anyways. When you said episode 59, I was like, are we changing our format? I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll go right back to go right back to normal after this episode. Anyways, the um I'm sorry, I just got a text message and this is this is a little bit off, but it kind of threw me off. I got a text message from one of our managers at our restaurant. We just got an order placed for two million dollars worth of pizza. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he says, Do you think I should put this order through? Do you think it's legitimate? To which I said, No, I don't think so. Yeah, 99 pizzas. 4,000 orders of spaghetti, <laughs> 1,000 orders of lasagna, and 11,000 chicken parmesans, <laughs> totaling $2,018,508.86. You're going to be so mad when you read in the newspaper tomorrow that the store, the store down the street from you did a $2 million sale. We refused just... to fulfill it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you know, Cash, I completely believe that that was you. He says, that was me. I forgot you weren't working. <laughs> it would not be true. That wouldn't be the first time that you placed an order. The last time it was, uh, I think you just ordered a uh, bag of chips for 75 cents and the name on it was like Dickhead or something like that. <laughs> we're all just looking at the order. We're like, what the hell is this? Anyways. Stephanie wants to know if it was bone lasagna they ordered. Let's hope oh, so. Oh, yeah, bone lasagna. Look at that. It did come up in another episode. Dave, Dave had argued that that should end up on the bingo card. And you know what? I feel like she just asked that just so we talk about it on the show to mark that off on the bingo card. <laughs> oh, probably. I didn't so even think of that. If you folks mm, want to play well along played. with well played, hometown, Stephanie. Yeah, hometown Ghost Stories Bingo, uh, Stephanie, one of the Stephanies, I believe it was Stephanie A, who made a whole bunch of uh, Hometown Ghost Stories Bingo cards. And those can be found in the Discord. So if you want to do that, just join Discord and um, join in on the fun. So let's start with this this train crash. Um so obviously there's a few theories on, on what actually happened. And while they said that the professionals had said in a, a few different sources that I read that the most likely cause of this crash was, um, was the fact that the train was speeding to make up for lost time. But they also had evidence that rails got removed or spikes had gotten removed that would cause the rails to uh, be loosened. And I'm sitting here like, how is that not the absolute cause of this accident. Maybe it was a little bit of both, but if you remove the rails, the train's going to crash, right? Who's moving moving rails? Who's removing rails? That's a tongue twister. Sorry, I wasn't in Spanish for you to say, Dave, and it really <laughs> threw you off. It was just some uh, some vagrants. So Who's some... removing those rails? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they think it was just some, like, uh, I don't know, some criminals or whatever. But then the other going theory was that the railway was in financial ruin and they may have set it up themselves or hired somebody to remove some of the spikes for the rails for um, insurance money. That sounds so, like a real like Bush did 9-11 type conspiracy theory. Yeah, but I, I, I well, he did. Well, we're not doing that. Uh, so 
as far as I look into it, like the, the spikes, it seems like they had evidence that it did get removed. They put out a reward from the local newspaper. I think it was a $10,000 reward to find out who is responsible for moving, for removing the spikes. So it seems like, or removing the rails or whatever, I guess one thing leads to another, but, um, so George Bush, there must, there must've been evidence <laughs> that George Bush removed these rails causing the crash. Um, and, uh, so, so, I mean, if you're going to put out a reward, it, it seemed like they definitely had their eyes on some sort of a culprit there, but either way, it ended up being the most deadly, uh, locomotive accident in North Carolina history. And I believe it was 22 or 23 people who died. And now we have a ghost train on our hands, folks. And that story in the opening story was um, one that I completely wrote all by myself about the 1950 <laughs> ghost sighting of the ghost train. Um, and then we had briefly kind of retold that story in the opening. But yeah, it's pretty cool. We haven't done a ghost train yet, I don't think. Right. I feel like we have. Didn't you just say time. Ogden had a ghost train? Ogden had a no. Ogden had a train crash, but there's no ghost train ghost stories from it. The idea is that some of the people that were killed in the train crash haunts the station, okay. not an actual, not ghost, an actual train. ghost train. Yeah, there's a lot of stories online about this ghost train, and there's a lot of sources that confirm it. So it's not like something that was just passed down and and someone says it. Like it seems to be a pretty frequent haunting, and I don't know if that entire railroad is no longer in use at all anymore or when it stopped being in use but as far as i know in 1950 i don't think there were trains running on it and i don't think there are trains that run on it now i might be wrong about that and somebody who knows something from the area definitely let me know if that railway is still used but they're still hearing the ghost train apparently according to that one in 1950 it was unbelievably loud not only did she hear and see the train but she also heard the crash it was like it was you know replaying itself and she heard the screams she heard the crashing carts everything like that. So it was obviously for something like that to, um, to replay, that's a huge loud and crazy haunting. Right. And for a lot of, so for a lot of these hauntings, you hear the stories and the first thing that my brain does is try to like, right, what could that have been? Right. If you hear like a, you know, La Llorona crying in the woods, you think like, okay, it could be an owl screeching or something or whatever, or pranksters. How, you know, what could a possible train crash with people screaming? Like what else could that be? You know, and I, I don't know. Seagulls. I mean, seagulls, <laughs> it's got to be seagulls. Uh, the only other thing. So I don't know if like maybe it was it George Bush. You got to put some context behind this joke. You're going to throw it out there. Um, it's it was George Bush screaming. <laughs> sure. Anyways, the, the only other thing is maybe the haunting is becoming less intense over the years because it seems like the paranormal teams that go there now, it seems like much less of an extreme story to where you had a paranormal team who went there a few years ago. They put a couple candles on the rails and they got um, around 3 a.m. They got the sensation of basically a giant gust of wind just came rushing down the tracks, blew out the candles. Now that would be kind of cool, but that's much more explainable saying maybe it was just a gust of gust wind. of wind. Yeah. Much yeah, more explainable exactly. than be, than hearing and seeing an entire train uh, at, crash to replay itself. I do understand how it could be spooky if you have your candle set up on the train tracks and a gust of wind comes from the direction that the train would be coming in. I think that's pretty uh, – I mean, it's easy to explain away as a gust of wind, but I understand how that could rattle you. For sure. I mean, that's what you're looking for, right? You're looking for a ghost train. All of a sudden, you get a rush of wind that comes down and, and blows out the candles. It's not nothing, but it you know 
could just be wind. So I think it's closer to nothing than it is to a ghost train. But like right. I said, that's I why no one likes you, Dave. You just yeah, want to no. ruin all of the fun of the ghost stories. Well, mm, she no. she didn't completely discredit it either. She was like, it could have just been wind, but you know, it was it was definitely out of nowhere, and they didn't really have any other gusts of wind while they were out there. So she wasn't completely sold on it being a ghost train, but she found it odd, and that's kind of where the story was. So, um, mm. yeah, that's the ghost train. So I guess that's our first ghost train. On, I like um, it. Hometown ghost stories. So I, like Did, I think we. I don't think it was a ghost train per se, but the St. Louis episode, we had that other little side story of the, what is it called? Like the devil's pathway or something where there was the, the woman who was hit by the train and you could still hear the train at night, but you would actually see her apparition. So I don't know if we would count that as mm. a ghost train or not. It's close. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it's pretty close. close. Yep. That is close. So the other one that I wanted to touch on, which is also not in Charlotte, before we get into the actual Charlotte ones, which is also just outside, is called the Devil's Tramping, the Devil's Tramping Devil's Ground. Tramping Ground? Yeah. Have you heard of this what one? Is, what is a tramping so, ground? Like stomping. Yeah. Exactly. So thanks, Andrew. The, Zombie Road was what I was looking for. Yeah, that's the one. Um, so it's a camping spot in the forest near Harper's Crossroads area in Bear Creek, North Carolina, and. Um, Local legends say that this is where the devil visits and tramps around and has been heard dancing. And uh, it's like this big circle in the middle of the woods where just nothing grows. It's just like black and it's strange. And um, yeah, so people have their theories about it. There's a road that leads up to it that's literally called like devil's tramp. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Camping Ground Road. So they, it's it's not just, you know, some kids telling a story. Uh, it's it's an interesting thing, and it's kind of creepy. There was a reporter who went out there, and he set up a tent right on the circle. He's like, I'm staying here tonight. I'm going to see if there's anything wrong with this. And he stayed there, and he said throughout the night, he kept hearing somebody, like, tap dancing outside of his tent. And every time he opened the tent up and went to go investigate, he saw nobody out there. But it sounded like somebody was just literally standing outside of – his tent dancing, which sounds really silly until you're in that tent hearing somebody dancing outside of your tent, and then it's absolutely horrifying, right? So uh, it was probably was, George Bush. Yeah, probably. He's been known to tap dance outside of tents. Can we can we go there? Is it like a place we can go camp? Uh I've from the images that I saw, there's a whole bunch of no trespassing things, but it doesn't there's also it's riddled with beer cans and stuff like that. So it seems like a place that people go and hang out and frequently visit. So I don't think it's completely off limits, but I think it's probably frowned upon, but not technically legal. All right. We'll set the kids up there for a night and make sure they don't get arrested (laughs) and then we'll go. Mm, That's a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. So there are legends that uh, objects will disappear if left in the ring overnight. Uh, They've heard howling. Um, People, uh, animals don't want to go near it. There are strange events events occurring to those who spend the night within its boundaries. So you see a bunch of images online if you look this thing up. It's pretty cool. Like they'll put like 
you see all sorts of like rings of salt and pentagrams. And basically there's just so much superstition around this thing. So not enough content to make it into the episode, but enough to mention. And obviously I don't think we're going to do a whole episode on it unless we find out some really, really cool stories that maybe we'll uh, work that into a side content episode, but that is the devil's tramping ground. Cooler than the cooler than the devil tap dancing outside your tent. That is the coolest. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I'd have to agree. It's Mm -hmm. like a Nick Cave song. It does sound like a Nick Cave song. <laughs> it's almost like the, uh, what if the Swansea Devil, Swansea Devil's making out there, tap dancing with his wooden feet. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so maybe we should uh, get into the actual Charlotte episode. Yeah, so Charlotte <laughs> is actually the location that we're covering. So, <laughs> uh, excuse me, hang on a second. So we got a, actually... Brennan Barrier had a pretty funny comment there. He said, when you said the devil's tramping ground, he said, I thought you were going to say trampoline, and I got the strangest visual. (laughs) (laughs) Slightly stranger than the devil just (laughs) tap dancing, but uh, not far off. So I think we start with the Dunhill Hotel. The Dunhill is haunted, allegedly, by a ghost named Dusty, Dusty McHad, if you will. But this ghost, it doesn't seem like it's a, a malicious spirit. It also seems like, according to staff, they seem to blame all hauntings on this one ghost. To which I would say you might have more than one. I mean, it might not just be this one ghost, but it seems like that's kind of the the capture all, and they they just kind of equate all sorts of paranormal activity within the hotel to Dusty. And they've had some serious hauntings. They've had pots and pans being thrown around in the kitchen. They've had chairs spinning, uh, the blinds opening and closing. So those are like poltergeist level hauntings. It's not just sightings or whatever. In fact, I don't know if through the hauntings that I've read through, there are really too many um too many ghost sightings according to this website i'm on a queencityghost.com it says if you check into the dunhill try to book room 906 i didn't mention this in the episode but all sorts of eerie happenings have been recorded in this paranormal hotspot such as lights and appliances turning on by themselves and a spectral finger tapping on the nightstand exactly at 3 a.m that's a new one and that's a a spectral finger you'd see that then right that's not finger a or figure finger like just a finger just a disembodied just finger disembodied That's finger crazy. tapping on a nightstand exactly at 3 a.m obviously if you're uh familiar with the show you know the significance of 3 a.m mm. and that is an interesting one they don't equate that one to dusty so that might be something else that's interesting so we have the tapping finger and we have the tap dancing devil mm-hmm. starting to see a theme here yep north carolina Mm-hmm. yep um so according to this website they actually got a few different things that i didn't notice uh that i didn't read about in any of the other ones but um so according to queencityghost.com they say as charlotte's only historic hotel the uptown dunhill hotel is naturally also its most haunted the hotel was originally constructed in 1929 as the mayfair manor when it became the dunhill in 1988 construction workers discovered a human skull in the basement the mystery of how the bones got there and who they belong to has never been solved. Perhaps the owner of the skull lurks behind some of the uh, unfinished business. He seems to be jealous of the still attached heads of hotel patrons. I don't know where they came yeah. to that conclusion. Uh, as many of them report feeling eerie shiver, an eerie shiver that begins in their spines and travels all the way up to their skulls. So I guess if you get a, a chill up the back of your spine, then that means that the ghost is jealous of you still having a head. I just, saw no other reports of a skull being found in the basement, but if that's true, that adds that adds a body to this this haunting, which um, 
with a lot of these locations that we covered in Charlotte, a lot of these locations seem to be based on like legend and lore and, you know, stories being passed down. There aren't a lot of dead bodies directly connected with the hauntings that we've covered. Obviously the train is different, but the train also isn't in Charlotte. So if you're going to go stay there, just make sure you're decapitated first and you should be fine. Mm-hmm. Noted. Nothing, nothing for the ghost to be jealous of. Yeah. Take that <laughs> ghost. Yeah. And then we covered the, uh, the Irish pub. So we talked about it briefly, but this one has what they believe is six different ghosts. And you had the story of the tap turning on, which they equated that to be something uh, super more taps. <laughs> See that? Look at that. I, I was like, I don't, I think that's where the story ends, but not when you have Dave around. Mm. And so they had the kind of unlimited keg. Basically this thing was running enough to pull up and seep through the floor. And that's how they noticed that something was wrong because they're sitting in the office and they're noticing something dripping through the ceiling. Then they go up and realize that something had turned a tap on. Now they had just gone and done a whole sweep of the building. There was nothing around and they noticed something turned the beer on. So there's one tap is flowing. They shut it off and they immediately go to obviously clean up and stuff. But then they check to see how much product they had lost. Like, oh, we probably just burnt through a whole keg. And they check the keg and the keg is pretty much completely full. And it just didn't make sense. They really screwed up by shutting the tap off. If it was, especially if it was just unlimited beer coming out of this, yeah, they could have really capitalized on that. I found the fountain of youth here. Like you found the, the float that ever flowing tap of beer that doesn't run out. Yep. Absolutely messed up. They could have just been constantly filling beers. It would have been a great time. I feel like so, a, a never ending uh, flowing tap of beer would be the opposite of the, the fountain of youth. Definitely. <laughs> just the first thing that came to mind is, uh, yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll kill you pretty quick. Um, but they, yeah, so they think there's six different ghosts here. They've seen an old man and his ghost dog. They've seen um, this ghostly little girl with blue eyes. And then they also believe that she is responsible for the writing on the wall. They have another guy who kind of looks like Captain McSlugs. He's got like a 1920s attire on with a cool hat. And then you're up to, we're up to four here. I don't know what the other two are, but um, there's also ghostly patrons. So it could be any amount. They don't know which other ones. There's one that hangs out by the bar. So I guess that would be five. Maybe that's the one that turned on the tap. And then mm. they're saying that like bartenders will have full-blown conversations with people. And then they'll kind of look up from whatever they're doing and they'll notice that they're talking to nobody. And either the bartenders aren't supposed to drink while they're on shift. <laughs> it's either that or the conversation was really bad. And the person just like, I got to slip away while they're not looking. <laughs> Get out. Or it's a, a really creative way to brew and screw. Get your beers and then leave and be like, oh, no, it must have been a ghost. Must have been a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Works in North, North Carolina. Try it there. Yep. So this, uh, according to the same website here, it says the spirit of a young girl is also rumored to haunt the pub and staff members sometimes hear her practicing her ABCs. You can even find chalk writing above the host stand tracking her progress. Other odd occurrences include beer taps turning on by themselves and a, and a spectral sewing machines whirring from the basement. Um, I guess this is from what the building used to operate as back in the day. And they used to make clothes and there was like some seamstresses that worked there or whatever. But you know what? I, I read in this one, this is why I didn't include in the episode. They say they only notice that when they like turn off. I don't know if it's like the, um, they turn off some big uh, a generator or some sort of machine that's running down there. And then they notice the clicking and it sounds like a seamstress. I'm like, that just sounds like the, whatever piece of machinery you shut off is just kind of winding down. Mm, well, yeah. So. so fun fact about the show is Dave has to practice his ABCs before we go live every week. 
Do you want to give them a little rendition of you doing your ABCs, Dave? What is this reference to, Rob? Are you the one who can't read? (laughs) How am I the one that can't read? Rob's here in spirit only today. It's just random (laughs) George Bush jokes and ABC jokes, and this is what you get. This is what we got. We're just going to move on and continue on with our episode. Just do Uh, your ABCs, Dave. We just want to hear them. (laughs) The final location is Queens University. Do it for the bingo cards. Wait, is there a... No, there isn't. There is now. Next week there will be. <laughs> Matthew Thomas says, uh, someone should tell her that she has to be over the age of 21. Yeah, what's she doing in this bar anyways? Close to a little girl practicing her ABCs. Um, Catherine says that's only two, but maybe that was earlier in the chat. Um, anyways, so uh, Queens University is what most websites and YouTube channels seem to equate as the most haunted location in Charlotte. And it's got its fair share of ghost stories. Now, this one has some suicides linked to it. It has a lot of similarities with episode one. I believe, Rob, that was when you covered Bridgewater State University. And it seems yep. like it's got a bunch of stores, stories rather with people who allegedly committed suicide in this dorm or that dorm. But if you go back through the records, it's hard to find anything that verifies if any of these stories are true. So I was reading when I was uh, doing some research on this episode, uh, I was looking into the Queens University in Charlotte, and they brought up the fact that every university in the world is haunted. And if you don't believe me, Google whatever university you want and hauntings, and they're all haunted, 100% of them, which is like, oh, I'm I didn't try. shocked we haven't done more colleges because every time I look into a town that has a college, there is a haunted, like, a lot of haunted stories about it. In fact, one of the places I was looking at for next week had a haunted um, college in it, but probably won't be covering that one. It we'll does seem like the college won't be covering the location. I won't be covering any location. Oh, taking a, taking the week off. <laughs> no, I'm just doing episode 60. No, okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. They, from what I've looked into, a lot of these universities seem to have the same stories. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Like, obviously, suicides on campus can happen. I'm sure they do happen. And maybe it is something that these universities try to brush under the rug and not make it their identity. Obviously, that's a pretty tragic story, and you don't want that to be the forefront. And you definitely don't want to lean into that either. What student wants to stay in the same room as a room that some girl might have committed suicide or some guy might have committed suicide? It's terrifying. Um, and there are a few <laughs> a few of these stories. Rob, you're too old to stay in a dorm. They're not going to let you in. Um, there are a few of these stories that do seem to check out. So let's start with those. So they say that it, it is haunted by um, the wife of uh, the former president or whatever, not George Bush. Don't worry, Rob, the former president of the uh, <laughs> university or something. But um, and so her ghost has been seen wearing a black dress. The One of the two images I found of her on Google was her wearing a black dress. So that was kind of a nice little scare. And that's completely possible. Somebody that used to probably live on campus and, and work there and was very involved absolutely could be haunting. The other one that I found compelling was the uh, the ghostly piano music coming from the basement of one of the music halls. Completely possible. If there was a student there that used to play music or somebody that used to play music there, maybe their ghost is still playing music in the afterlife. Those ones I found pretty cool. These other ones I, I have questions about, and that's like the, did somebody actually commit suicide we have so many details about the story and why they did it and everything but we don't have a name 
we don't have news reports. This is why I'm a little skeptical. What year? What year did it supposedly happen? Or? Yeah, one of them just said in the 1980s. I'm like, all right, that's recent enough where I should be able to find something on it. But yeah, not, it's, it's, not completely discrediting it, but it's this is where I'm a little bit more skeptical about these stories. Yeah, I feel like in the 1980s, there should be a record about it. If it was like the 1880s, you know, there might not be. Who knows what records they kept on that type of stuff back then, and who knows if they were like lost in a flood or something, like we sometimes see. Uh, Rachel situations said, like that. Rachel said we had a lot of those at my school. Best part is the haunted room was the only vacant room in the building. Was your mm. school the home of the fighting cowards by any chance, Rachel? <laughs> yeah. Cowards don't fight. Exactly. So, fun fact: uh, I, I know some people may have noticed that the lights behind me just changed. I was fully convinced that this light that I have has no red setting. And currently, it's set to red. So it's sound activated. This is nothing paranormal. And I muted my mic, but I coughed. And if I cough loud enough, it changes the color. I somehow got it on red. I'm going to leave it there. This is big news for me. It's a big update. I'm trying to get this thing red. Every Halloween, I try to get this thing red. It never turns red. Seems like a pretty normal color that you'll be able to change light to. But hey, I coughed Mm. it into a... Coughed it into into existence there it's perfect well played mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you can stop trying to move into my square now that you have red lights i know we have the same red lights now it's like we're just one big happy room here mm. yep oh so, i just notice that you're not green anymore i think i don't like it i like it i like it a lot mm. see even toxin says this red is my favorite yep yeah, um, this has completely derailed the show, but I just want you to know that now that you have red lights, it has made your skin like a ghost white, and it's unsettling. Even better for the show. Yeah. Like, you look how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> I fixed it. Anyways, all right, so... um you did not, but okay. Well, I'm still very white, but it's no longer red in the background. Just... Couldn't live up to the hype. All right, we're moving on. So uh, there are a few different rooms that are supposed to be very haunted. One of the one of the ones that are actually at this point they're haunting entire buildings. It's not necessarily just rooms, but one of the rooms that the main student haunts. I believe they said her name was Clara. I think that's kind of the main ghost that haunts. Uh, I believe it was Morrissey Hall, and for that one, um, they do have in her specific bedroom or what they believe is her bedroom. They have electronics malfunction they've said that drawers will open and close on their own and they've heard crying coming from the room and um they said the door to her room reportedly flies open all on its own and students say staying in the adjacent rooms hear strange knocking coming from the walls at night the room itself is said to be uh perpetually chilly even in the summer some speculate that her ghost has unfinished business on campus like an unsettled score or an overdue paper overdue paper I wonder if they just added that on to be a little silly. Maybe. I can't Maybe stop they... looking at your lights. It's, it's fine. Really distracting. They're purple now. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is just what we're living with here. Uh, the main campus is also said to be haunted in students report spotting the ghosts of Confederate soldiers. So we have another one of those. I did that, add that in the episode, but then I took it out because I just didn't really have much on it. Um, but here we are talking about it now. And then others report hearing a blood curdling scream before shadowy apparitions, a shadowy apparition appears to be hanging from a tree. So I mentioned that one as well. That's crazy. And then they actually go so far as to alert campus security because they're concerned that it's an actual person. But when the security gets there, the figure seems to vanish. So that is Weird. very creepy. Anytime you have hanging ghosts, that is particularly scary. Mm. Yeah. It gives a little bit more credit. They actually called security and security comes out to, 
check on it too. It's not just like a, oh, I saw this, you know. It's right, actual, right, right. Yeah, if you think uh, if you're that scared by it that you actually call and uh, you know make a complaint or a concern call or whatever, that's definitely something. Yeah. We've had these before, but they've mostly been at bridges, right? <clears throat> yeah, the hanging, yeah, like the covered covered bridges, yeah. Yeah. One in Gettysburg too. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say Oliver House, but I think that was just our girl's story. No, no, that, that's, a, that's one. We oh, incorporated sorry. into our story, but that's an actual thing that because um, at the Oliver House, the father wasn't happy about the girl dating the guy, and supposedly hung him in a tree outside her window and mm-hmm. kept him there for like th- for like days, so that she had to keep looking at him, which is like psychotic <laughs> like it's one of yeah. the psychotic things ever right but was, was there hauntings like have people seen the ghost of someone hanging there as well yeah okay i'm pretty sure yeah yeah that's where the story came from mm-hmm. yeah so this will probably be the only episode that we do on charlotte there are others but i don't know if there's enough to do a whole other episode um there's also fire station number four that's supposed to be haunted built in 1925 that's supposed to be haunted by get your bingo cards ready a cigar loving fireman and um, his ghost still reportedly haunts the building to this day. And visitors to the museum claim to have seen his cigar smoke hang in the air. Oh, what a twist. They don't smell it. They see it. Oh, Never no. mind. Just when you were ready to Can't check off it. that bingo card uh, square, it's not No there. bingo for you. I didn't even, I was ready just to skip the story. I figured that was just right where it was going. Uh, wow. Hmm. Uh, so the way he died, uh, he tried to slide down the fire pole, but he became tangled in his heavy bunker pants and fell through the hole instead. Mm-hmm. Fractured his skull. There's actually a name attached to this one. It's Pruitt Black. He fractured his skull and died on Thanks. impact, and his ghost still haunts the building to this day. So that is wow. a sad story. 1934 on April 1st. So that one seems to have some actual, an actual name, an actual date, an actual story tied to it. A sad story. Very sad. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that that's a tough suck. way to go. Just when you thought those firefighter think, uh, poles that they slide down look like so much fun, that not one so much fun like anymore. Fun. Yep. And then there's also a haunted theater. That one I couldn't really find uh, why it would have really been haunting, but um, maybe this has something. I mean, people have seen a ghost of a, a man gazing down from the balcony. We've heard one similar to that as well, but I don't really see any reason on why it would be haunted other than the fact that it's a theater and theaters seem to be haunted especially mm-hmm. the old ones. Um, according right. to legend, the spectral of patrons and the theater never quite get over its closure. And that's why they remain there to this day. So not the most solid story, but that's why I didn't make it in. Mm. That's pretty much it. There's also the Duke mansion and the antique kingdom. And then just Elizabeth. Ah, of course. Elizabeth. Yep. Just, just Elizabeth. Just, just Elizabeth. Elizabeth. All right. You want to yeah. hear about Elizabeth? Yeah. Or should well, we just leave it at that? so again i'm getting this from queencityghost.com i conveniently uh didn't visit this website when i was researching this episode but we're getting plenty of content for now which is good because rob's sick and he doesn't want to talk (laughs) talk about george bush every once in a while or whatever he's doing over there uh elizabeth is a quiet oh it's a whole neighborhood (laughs) oh all right not a person elizabeth is a quiet residential neighborhood within walking distance of independence park complete with ice cream shops and local bars but the quaint little neighborhood reportedly harbors as many deceased residents as living the cajun queen a converted restaurant on 7th street once housed an older woman who died in her home 
The staff believes that she has never left. Some claim that the ghost is not too happy about her once quiet home becoming noisy, becoming a noisy restaurant, especially since the bar is located in her old room. Others argue all she wants is a drink. Well, if she had a bar in her bedroom, I think she wants a drink. Chad is saying Elizabeth is a priest. No, no, Elizabeth, a priest. Come on, bro. I got so confused. You're, you're. They're trying. The chat is trying to make a statement. Oh, they're trying. They're trying to finish their bingo cards. Yeah, yeah. And now I said it. You idiot. Mm. Many of the old houses in the neighborhood are also said to harbor spirits and accounts include a shadowy man in a top hat standing at the stairs and the apparition of a little girl walking through walls. That's actually a pretty good one. And a woman in white who Mm. smells like cigars. (laughs) No, that's not really there. So don't call us out for that. I was just trying to help some people with their bingo cards. Anyone got bingo yet? (laughs) Soph's got to have it since you mentioned the priest. Since she coerced yeah, I got you. bamboozled. That's just because I can't read good. <laughs> if I could read good, I would have understood what was going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, did we talk about the... I'm asking what we talked about. I know we didn't. That's why I'm talking about it. Is the bootlegger house. I thought that was a pretty cool one. Oh, yeah. I texted you guys about that one. So, yeah, that was yeah, one. I did yet another one, one where either you guys read into it. I read into it. Did you guys find any reason why this place would be haunted? Is there any deaths in the house? Or, like I said, it doesn't always have to be that, but... This seems to be the story with most of these locations in Charlotte. No, but no, there was I, I, cool stories associated with it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Was, yeah. There was some pretty cool stuff. So um, the, the, the house was built in the 1800s, but um, it was in the 1920s, it became known as the bootlegger house during Prohibition, hence the name. And there's there's still a secret door in there where they used to hide the booze. And did then, you, real quick, did you see the secret door? Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. obvious. It really like, is. Like if, if the police walked in there, they'd be like, huh, wonder what's going on over <laughs> no, there. I know, I know. I yeah, know. it's like right in the – people could look this up online, but it's it's right in like the wainscoting, and it's just the most obvious like break in the uh, – I got to pull the, up right here if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. For people, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah I didn't need not, those arrows. Right. I know. I know. Seriously. Did you draw those arrows or were those in the no, uh, no, they're, they're on the those website. are in the image? Somebody <laughs> drew in those arrows and posted that to the website as if it was necessary. <laughs> That's right. great. You get the chair, the chair rail that breaks off with the 45 degree bevel cut there that just overlaps by like a half an inch. Just not even close. It was in fairness, it was probably better a long time ago not saying yeah. that people were dumber a long time ago but i'm saying like maybe like over time it kind of yeah, expanded it and popped and, out a little bit and became yeah a little probably paint it's probably got 15 coats of paint on it that right make it not nothing quite to see so here <laughs> <laughs> definitely no booze in there oh the sign outside it says bootlegger's house but that doesn't mean anything <laughs> that meant nothing is that why you're here what yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so this is kind of an interesting fact about the house. So in the 1970s, they were tearing down most of Little Brooklyn for all the government buildings, um, but they rescued a few homes. And a guy named Michael Trent bought the house for fifty dollars and then paid to have it moved to the fourth ward. Fifty dollars. Wonder what houses are going for now. Fifty bucks, roughly. Yeah. Take fifty bucks. Um, and now, so so now the house is uh, is a historical house. But the people who live there now have had some pretty weird things happen. They had uh, right when they first bought the house, they had uh, wet footsteps going all the way down the stairs, and Can they couldn't you... figure out 
Can you show the picture of the wet footsteps that they, <laughs> that they did? Please, hang on. Jesse, please bring this up. No Still way. There. Did you guys do this? <laughs> I swear to God, it you gotta be kidding me, dude. <laughs> it's uh, this is uh, charlotte.axios.com if you want to see it or. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fucking arrow that points which way is downstairs. Yeah, yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> I can't believe someone someone gets paid for this. This is a real website. Yep, this is good. This is glorious. For those who are wondering what we're looking at here, uh, swing it over to YouTube. You can see for yourself. But this image uh, has the flight of stairs, carpeted stairs, and they drew in two giant feet. Uh, they look like Bigfoot um footprints and they also drew <laughs> an arrow squatch. <laughs> they yeah. definitely they also drew an arrow pointing down you know what these look like have you guys watched the new movie troll on netflix no, no i was actually just looking at that oh it's though. terrible but i enjoyed the hell out of it so I, i've only watched the first half but you know it's, the movie starts off they're finding footsteps that look exactly like these they're just big <laughs> stupid footsteps like there's no <laughs> They're just very defined, and it's just like, what are we, what are we following here? They're absolutely terrible. Yeah. Also, uh, Assassin points out there's outlets on the stairs. Like, what are you plugging in halfway up the stairs? <laughs> I, didn't assume, I didn't even pick up on that. I have never seen that. Well, we got the microwave there. Just step over it with your giant wet feet. Anyways, all right, we'll move on. Please tell me this website has more pictures to show us. Uh, yeah, I'll let you know if anything uh, interesting comes up. Is anything with cool later? Anything yeah. with drawings on it. At this point, that's what that's all I'm looking for is the entertainment value here. <laughs> so what they think the wet footsteps might have come to is they or what they might have come from is they found in subsequent nights that the water faucet in the bathroom turns on randomly, which is pretty creepy. And also the door locks itself. Mm-hmm. So they thought they were gonna have to break the door open one night because it locked them out of the bathroom and they they opted they were gonna either have they're gonna either have to break the door down or break a window to get in to unlock it. Yeah, like, they, actually, morning. they actually went around to go break the window and when they were there they saw the door pop open on itself. Yeah, which right? is pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think Dave was telling that story, but thanks for jumping in there to, to finish yeah, the house. Well I was yeah, <laughs> I mean well, I was saying that they went around to the window. They were literally gonna break the window. So pretty cool. Uh here's the and, chair. Yeah, this is the other thing. So they walked into the dining room and there was a chair perfectly balanced on two legs which is crazy because I don't know how to, you could fake that. I don't know how to, can you balance a chair like that? I mean, that's. Yeah. I can only do that with like a can of soda when it's like half, you know, when you used to do soda. that little trick you used to. Yeah. With soda. You know. Was it, are you sure it's not with Miller Lite? Definitely not with Miller Lite. I wouldn't <laughs> even know where to find one of those. Uh, sure, so that's, that's the chair. So for people that are listening, the chair is, uh, is tilting on two legs which is exactly what Dave just said, but it's, uh, it is, that looks impossible to do, especially with that chair. Like they, how do you do that? That's amazing. Oh, Anna, Anna C says the outlet could be used for a vacuum. Yeah, that's, that's, that's valid. Point. Not as fun as a microwave, but valid. Yeah. I don't know if I go to the extent of having an electrician install an outlet on the stairs just so I could vacuum. True. If your wife wanted it, you would. True. Very true. But those right. vacuum cords are so long. Did you ever see a vacuum cord that wasn't long enough to go either up or down the stairs? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, how much how much vacuuming are you doing, Dave? N- almost none, little to none. <laughs> right. Shop vac, that's about it. <laughs> Catherine, our resident scientist, says the chair is being balanced by perfect physics. Mm, thank you, thank you for that. Yep, 
resident scientist indeed. Yeah, that's the uh, bootlegger house. Some pretty cool, creepy stuff going on over there. Mm. Sounds good. Um, yeah, any, uh, anything else you guys want to touch on? We're starting to lose Dave's connection here, so that's, that means the wishing hour is upon us. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. We have a couple of reviews to get through if you want to go through those. Yeah, let's bounce through them. All right, so first one is from Dale C., who is conspicuous by his absence tonight. Did he go on a date and not cancel oh, it? Um, so my name is Dale C., and I've been a fan of these, guy, of these guys for a year now. The research the guys put into every location is immaculate. You'll be both entertained and well-informed of local town ghost stories around the world. Not only do you get a clear description just by listening to the podcast, but the boys have also put together videos to go along with their stories on the YouTube channel entitled with the same name. I tune in live every Tuesday. You're a liar. You're not here tonight. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Just to watch it live and converse with them about the stories. These three men have great chemistry, chemistry and thorough investigative skills when it comes to ghost stories abroad. You'll be entertained by their combos and as well as spooked from the stories. I am down for hometown ghost stories. He might be here tonight. He might just not be commenting. That's true. Could be, could be in the background. Um, the next one is Laudacious, who I have seen join the Discord recently. So thanks for doing that. Titled one of my favorites. I've been listening since last spring of 2022. I love the storytelling and the research you do for each episode. I enjoy the camaraderie between the three of you and listening to to the podcast in the morning helps keep me awake while I'm at work. Thanks for all the work you put into this podcast. Thanks for uh, recognizing all the work we put into this show because it is a bit of a lot of stuff to do when we do an episode. This one, I love you. Divlin is the next one. Favorite ghost story podcast. I've listened to every episode, and I have to say that Hometown Ghost Stories crew knocks it out of the park every time. Great back and forth, interesting stories, and engaging format keeps me coming back for more. If you haven't listened yet, dig in. You won't be disappointed. Keep up the great work, guys. Maybe let Dave rest an episode, LOL. (laughs) Come on. Can't wait for more. And the last one is from our friend Erin. And it just says best ghost podcast out there, period. And I want to thank her for coming out and filming some stuff with us on Sunday. Yeah, we definitely didn't force her to leave a review for us. We've never done that yeah. with any of our friends before. No, uh, if you guys not. haven't, if you haven't already, please, please, please swing over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Oh, um, Anna's a laudacious. Uh, so thank you, Anna. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. And also thank you for signing up on Patreon. Uh, I was just about to say something. Oh, yeah, Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, uh, we get a lot of listeners on Apple Podcasts. If you guys don't mind taking the time to just drop us a review. I know it doesn't seem like a lot. Um, I need to get better with it with podcasts that I listen to. Leave a review, not just on ours, but any podcast that you listen to. Uh, the reviews and the downloads, those are the two things that every podcast needs to to grow more and to, going, yeah. Yeah, to get themselves out there. So I know it seems like something stupid, like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, you need me to tell you that you're good. No, it's just, it's about, it just helps with the algorithm and helps to push us out to new listeners and everything. And we just want to continue to grow and continue to get more listeners. So uh, real quick, yeah. let me give a shout out to. Real, real quick, we just, I want to expound, expand upon that a little bit. We always talk about doing the Patreon and stuff and we understand not everybody can do that. Hey, money's tight for a lot of people. So we totally understand if you can't do that, the one thing everybody can do, press five stars, say that you like the show. And I now do that for every podcast that i listen to just to help them out 
a lot of podcasts that used to put pump out a lot of stuff and they eventually stopped doing it is because they don't grow. Right. That's what you see a lot of them disappear. Not that we're going to do that. It's working for the long haul. I know, I know what you think. What you're thinking right now is with Dave's connection being weird, it, he's not very convincing that he's not going to disappear. It's like, yeah. it really sounds like you could disappear at any second right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what he, what he was saying, if you didn't hear that clearly, was that uh, we don't plan on going anywhere. We plan on doing this for a while. So uh, real quick, shout out to our patrons, uh, our VIPs. We have Jeannie R., Justin T., Lisa J., Mallory K., Mike B., Mom and Pops W., Stephen V., Demon King. Uh, and that is it for our VIPs. Thank you guys so much. You guys are absolute legends. Also, everybody else on Patreon, uh, Anna C., Jake V., Rachel B., Stephanie A, Sydney B, Anthony Angry Dave Rocks T, Brandon W, Captain McSlugs, Cody G, Kiralee J, uh, Mark M, Matthew T, Mariah M, Papa Squatch, Sarah Dave Loves Bacon R, Sarah W, Solar Flare, Soph, and Cooper. Thank you all for joining in. If you want your name in the credits, and I promise I won't misspell it uh, or leave you out ever, then $3 a month, that'll get you on the list. We are sending out our stickers. They are here. We have more coming and there will be a limited supply. So we will send them out to people on Patreon. And then if there's any left over, we will um, we'll send those out to people who uh, request them. But they got different locations on them. This one is the uh, Demon of Brownsville Road. This one is Velisca, the famous bacon episode. And for those of you who are watching, there is Savannah. And I promise there are lots more. And big shout out to Wilkins Signs. Yes, I know a lot of Wilkins going on here for printing those up for us. Mom and Pops Wilkins are legendary. So um, for every five-star review, Papa Squatch says, Dave gets an additional bar of Wi-Fi. <laughs> my computer is hardwired. It's just the, uh, it's raining out. So my connection is. Yeah, yeah, we gotta remember. Yeah, we were working on Dave's stuff. We've gotten it a lot better. Yep, it's something every week. It's either Dave's connection or Rob's monitor is not working or something. But, you know, we got the team on it. We got the uh, the IP team, as we like to call it. <laughs> got the next logs. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brennan says, uh, the podcast, what brought me here? I still listen to it and welcome and thank you. If you're part of that uh, part of that gang that watches and listens, then you're just like next level. Just next level greatness, for sure. Anything I, else? I don't, I, I I don't watch or listen. You don't? No. Gotham does. Yeah, that's Gotham. Right. Gotham does watch. At least somebody does. So, yeah. is that going to do it, cool. gentlemen? It's going to do it for me. Cool, cool. Uh, big shout out again to Irish Assassin. If you haven't checked Where, out on Twitch yet, go check him know, out. Sorry. Check out Irish Assassin. Uh, do we know where we're going next week? Nope. It's a surprise. I'm not telling you. Oh, good. That, that'll mean we're definitely going to be prepared to help weigh in on <laughs> be experts on the subject. So uh, tune in next week for something. And on Friday, we'll have something. It will be a state that we haven't covered. And the other hint I'll give is possibly friendly. Okay. Oh, well, there are your clues for next week's episode. And shout out to so for winning bingo i believe stephanie a also won bingo because i think they happen to pick the same card so i think we'll have to uh we'll have to figure out a system there where everyone doesn't pick the same cards but nice job on winning bingo even if you coerced me into doing it so by touch typing what you needed for your business card, <laughs> card in chat i bet if you could do that real bingo like just type in like hey maybe you call it 24 b or something or however bingo works anyways anything else gentlemen that's it for me I think that'll do it. Thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you next week. Peace.